I am unashamed. What about you? Romans chapter 12, just as each of us has our uh, one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function. This is interesting. So in Christ, we who are many form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. It's, it's a cool thing. We have different gifts according to the grace given us. And then it says, if a man's gift is prophesying, which is what we do on this podcast, mm-hmm. let him use it in proportion to his faith. So it's not like, you know, you need any accolades and, and yay. No, it's just some people. <laughs> yay. Yeah, some people, you know, they have a task at hand, and it is, in fact, speaking. Yeah. Speak. So if everybody, oh, you know, I'm going to do that. You know, they did that. I'll do that. So I'll show them what I'm going to. No. Yeah. If, if, if God gives you that ability yep. of speaking out, prophesying, use it to the best. You're not any bigger than anybody else nope. in the kingdom. You just have a job to do. Mm. That's why they say, well, you know, y'all seem just, just it's not a, a big problem with you. Well, if you if you have that part from the Spirit, when it was just given to you, some people can prophesy way better than others. So, yeah, you're joining us mid podcast, mid conversation. <laughs> the topic was uh, the explosion of podcasts in our world. Yeah, we were talking about that yeah. before we came on. We were saying that we think we contributed to that because you who listen to our podcast, you've concluded, well, if they can do it, literally anyone can do this. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Because somebody invited me, the God Squad podcast is some young guys that listen to us that have started their own. They invited me on. They just sent me like a cold email. And here's what the young man said, Jase. I know this is a long shot, but you miss 100% of the chances you don't take. That's a true statement. I think I think I said that before. Did you? He probably got it from you. I think it was on, a, on one of our Duckman videos. So I'm going to be reaching out to you, Logan, to be on your podcast. But yeah, we like that. That's a, but you're right, Dad. It's just... We, we've been doing this for a long time. That's right. Um, and it really just came out of your conversion, you and mom. Well, it really, you just moved right up the road and put microphones and yeah, recorded it. That's how we did. We've yeah. been having these types of conversations since I was a teenager. When we were younger, um, like when uncles and aunts would come for holidays— we would play dominoes and eat a good meal, but then at some point somebody bring up some Bible topic or something they'd been yeah. studying or whatever, and then it was on like Donkey Kong. <laughs> well, the yeah. biggest difference is today than yesterday is like I just heard the wheelers pull into the lair here. Yep. We've got a crew building a duck blind in July, which is 95 degrees, and everywhere you turn, something will bite you, sting you. <laughs> Everything's I mean, after you. Oh, it's it's that time of year. So somehow or another, Phil, this is what I would call the definition of making it for you. Because you've got somebody else building a duck blind. They send us pictures, and you're it's, like... It's a much better setup now <laughs> <laughs> to let, let the ones coming up under us. So they're building the blind. I went out so, yesterday. He is an excellent track hole. So you had I mean, Dan, I, and you had your grand, your new grandson-in-law who married Lily. Yep. He's just covered in mud and sweat. You know, yep. when Oh, he, Austin? Yeah. Now, look, Austin is a good hand. So oh, we've yeah. talked about him. He, uh, but I he, looked at it, I thought, 21 years old. He he never even he wasn't missing a lick at all, Dad. He and he'd just been out there all morning. So oh yeah, that's the difference. Older men sitting here and talk about the Bible. Yeah, yeah. That's, he, he's a good dude, though. I had zero uh, apprehensions about him marrying my niece. I mean, I I was like two thumbs up. I asked him yesterday. I said, "What about that pulling them beaver dams out?" And he said, "Oh, it's work, but it's fun." <laughs> yeah. Well, that's you know, it reminds me when we were. Yeah, we were that age. Mm-hmm. Right. Every project we got on was fun for a bit, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> until it wasn't. Well, it just <laughs> it reaches a point. It's better if you become a consulting 
person on the project. You know, I like the yeah pictures uh, on the phone. Yeah, that sounds. We're all going frog hunting uh, tomorrow night, so we'll see that that that's the reward for them. Oh, you taking the? Oh yeah, we're taking them to the. You going to your little honey hole, your little sweet spot? Yeah, we have a promised land frog place that I use for special occasions. Because Phil, I've learned that if you got to brag on them, because they're—I mean, what to be working outside in the woods this time of year? That—that's a. I don't know. Every a, time I think about you, Jace, every time I'm coming home from Alabama, because I pass over the Beff River and Bayou Lafourche are right there together. And I don't know if there's any frogs on them, but when I just yeah, look, I've, hunt, I've hunted them many times. When I just look up there, it looks froggy. I mean, it just looks I've like. I've hunted every creek, stream from here to Mississippi. I, I've got all those, you know, in between yeah. where we live in Mississippi. It looks like a good And place. then about, you know, 30 miles the other way west. But. So yeah, it's it surprised you. Yeah, it looked it looked froggy. I thought about you when the last time I passed over because the water's down. It looked like it. Well, most of the greatest places are either private or they're just places you would never think you would never it would never occur to you. And uh, which I won't reveal it because I don't want anybody to know about it. But yeah. most of the places in town that you just take for granted and. It's just little streams. You would never think, well, I'm going to go frog hunting because you're in the middle of town. But nobody hunts there. Yep. And it you got to be pretty crafty. They, they flourish to, pretty good. Yeah, to get in there, to yep. figure out a system. Right. So I usually wait for rainy nights when there's very little activity going around. Yeah, nobody. Well, you've proven there. with a redneck man, you can, uh, you can be right beside, joined in a brotherhood. People who play golf and the people who catch frogs on you know hole nineteen over there, little, <laughs> oh, little, yeah. little pothole. Well, I joined a golf course one time <laughs> just to get the layout. I literally paid the initiation fee <laughs> just to get the layout of the creeks and streams. And Most then, golf courses produce good frog hunting. Oh yeah, you can hear them out there during the. But day. you know, people don't want you walking around. You know, well, stepping and they in the say mud. there's they use you know fertilizer and insecticide, but I mean. Look at me. I'm not acting weird and funny about <laughs> as far it. As you know. <laughs> yeah. It may get me one day. I mean, Sai says that he and Dad used to run along behind the uh, mosquito fogging truck. Yeah, playing. <laughs> they was, thought it was a mist. Yeah. They thought it was like a nice watery Go mist. Back to the, you know, the driver looking back, waving at us. You know, came nobody back. was dying from it, you know. I came, I come but everybody back. started acting kind of weird because all this dementia may have been the family. Now we know. Sai and myself don't have the greatest reputation of all time. <laughs> I come back to the same question of my childhood where were the parents? <laughs> <Yeah>. Gone. <laughs> it's actually on the movie. So I, I wanted to mention this before we get into our regular text, Dad, because you brought up this um, prophesying from Romans 12. Somebody's going to ask, what makes that different? than teaching or preaching the it, fruit yeah that's what i that's what i was going to say the ones who who are not you know, they try to make a, you go out you know you share your faith and all, all that i understand all that but some people are just very good at sitting down with others and pointing them to Jesus, the Father, the it's Son, a, the Holy Spirit. It's a proclamation, right? Yeah, yeah, but most people, I think, Al, your point, some people are probably confused with what the issue is. but About, so, right, are you, you think predicting pro- the future and stuff like that? So That's here, really not what they're talking here's about. Here's the clever way to get around this. It's like, do you believe in prophecy? Well, I believe in at least one. <laughs> Which is what? Jesus is coming back? Oh, he's coming back. <laughs> Considered a prophecy. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> See, I tricked you. This is, you know, is that not true? Yeah. Is that a prophecy? It is. Absolutely. So, it's kind of like the ghost, you know. Do you believe in ghosts? I believe in at least one. That's right. You just got to remember, the thing about prophecy that people get tripped up on is that all the prophecy from the Old Testament the, for hundreds of years before Jesus came, were all about him coming. <laughs> yeah. So yep. when he said, I fulfilled all prophecy, that's what he means. 
But then he said some things, and so did his disciples, that we still look forward to. And you're right. So, I mean, they were just telling us, be ready for this. So that's what we do, too. When we prophesy that we're in a bad place in our country and we're heading for a disaster, is that that a prophecy? Yeah. It's true. It's true. I mean, you know, it's not like I got special insight. I'm just looking around. You can take the experts. They have the numbers. Yeah, it's there. Yeah. We're on the decline. So Yeah, so it's is it a different function than what was going on in the New Testament? Yes. Yeah. I mean, miracles, signs, and wonders, which we're going to get to, uh, even in Luke, where are we at, chapter 8? I mean, there's yeah. two in in this, the yeah. storm the uh, and the healing of the demon-possessed guy. They, these are miracles. And I've said thousands of times that Jesus is better than miracles. And that that's his point. The the miracles and signs and wonders, what were they doing? They were pointing in the same direction. Just take the sign. You think, what does a sign do? It's a sign the sign is confirming that you're going in in the right direction. Well yeah. the direction is that Jesus is the Son of God. Yeah. That that's all this was and for. If you look at it, if you look at it, there is a uh it's more than a flurry. I don't know what the word would be, but while he was here in flesh, childhood, that's short to the point, but he hits about 30 years old. And when Luke said that, that's when his ministry started. Yeah. And well, that's in where a the three year period, the, the <laughs> numbers of mirac- miraculous things has never jumped to the extent it did in the three years he was walking around, sitting down and talking and doing what we're reading with the crowds coming in and out. Right. Well, I mean, then he gave the power really. to his, you know, apostles. So it really was probably more like thirty years. Yeah, where you were seeing all these. Things. Yeah, it was that whole period. But you you but, make a good point. Biblical signs are just like signs that are on the road today. They have to serve the same purpose. They they make sure you're going in the right direction, mm-hmm. and and you know where you're going, and they warn you. You know, yeah. you see the one with the curve; it means there's a curve coming up. You, you need to slow down. You know, it gives you a little. The, it, yep. Well, and it's it's all designed though with the theme that Jesus is the Son of God, right? And so you have to form an opinion on who who he is, and you know they get this from a story we're gonna discuss here with the brothers and mother of Jesus and this kind of controversial family thing. But in Mark's account, this was right after they, you know, his own family said, well, he, he's lost his mind. Because he said, I, yep. I I forgive sins. They're like, he, he's lost his mind. I mean, <laughs> he's crazy. And All authority he, in heaven and earth had been given to me, Jesus said, but you just think about it. That's a mouthful. Well, right. I mean, but when they said his family said he had lost his mind, the Pharisees then said, "No, he's got a demon." Yeah. And so that's where they came up with this three-pronged—I forgot what they call it in the scholarly world—but it's either you believe Jesus is a liar, a lunatic, or Lord. Yeah. And so now, much later. In our culture, we developed another one, which is, I don't know a word that starts with L, but it's more in, like, in our culture, it's more like, well, he was just a good teacher of love and peace, you know. He's not necessarily the son of God. And uh, But whatever view you take, I mean, he's forcing you to do that by saying he has the ability to forgive sins, the miracles, and that's all pointing to him being the Son of God. So I said all that to say, there's also a fact though. If that's true, that means you're not. You're not a. There's a God, and you're not Him. So I wouldn't, in the same breath, discourage miracles. Uh, I'm not God. You know, if He wants to do something right now, what's that got to do with me? So I'm in that camp. Uh, I I try to teach what it says about miracles because a lot of people in our culture, they chase miracles, and that's the wrong thing to chase. The, the miracles pointing you to Jesus being the Son of God, which is why we came up with that saying, Jesus is better than miracles. That was, that was a means to an end. Right. The end is Jesus. 
who is also the beginning. Yep. So uh, I think if you it helps you study the word when you have that in the right context. But then you can't come up and start writing. You know, our, our goal in life is not to start writing journals, you know, about that fact. God's God, and he has the power to do anything he wants to do at any time as far as we relate to time. But that's just what the purpose was in what we're reading. So, Dad, uh, you've been underwear shopping lately? Truthfully, I don't even know where you buy underwear. <laughs> where do you buy underwear? That's, that's really always a good a, question. It yeah. is. Is it called an underwear store? <laughs> well, they don't really have stores, no. But uh, you can't find them at some stores, but the best place to find them at is online. Dad's always kind of oh, had an underwear no, fairy. No wonder I don't. I have don't have. The, You'll spend a lot of time online. No, uh, but we we will get you some, Dad, because I know where to get uh, Tommy John underwear, which is our favorite. Uh, they say they don't um, they don't really have customers. They have fanatics, and and I've certainly been one for a long time. The most comfortable boxer briefs ever. No downside to them. Uh, they wick out uh, boxer briefs. I haven't heard that term used. Yeah, it's it's you you've worn it. There's not the here today t- and gone tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the tidy whities of your day, Dad. Uh, but we want you to check them out. They they have what they call the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free uh, guarantee, uh, which is really great. So it's not going to cost you anything to try it, and uh, we encourage you to do that. We're going to get some for Dad as well. Get twenty percent off your first order right now when you go to Tommy John dot com slash fill so that's 20 percent off at tommyjohn.com slash fill check them out see their site for details on well, my analogy jace that's why when you're going on a trip you don't get out and worship the, the road sign you just well let I, it guide you where you're going or collect the signs you <laughs> yeah know, or did you so, see that? People will do that. They take them and like put it in their house. Well, usually the I think the biggest what what people are frustrated at is I don't know when this phenomenon hit. Maybe since Jesus came out of the grave, but there just seems to be a lot of pastors in our society who think they have some special line, and they're getting these revelations, you know, from God, and just by by claiming that. You're claiming somehow that you're you're in a better standing than everyone else, and I think that's a dangerous place to be. I mean, there's a reason he gave us the Bible, and uh, and other spirit-filled people. But when you claim that you're getting all these crazy ideas, and I say crazy, but you know what I mean. It's like, well, God told me that it's hard to argue with someone or try to have a meeting with someone when say when somebody's saying, well, God told me to do this. I'm like, well, he didn't tell the rest of us, and we don't agree with this. You know, I've been in these types of situations where everybody else is saying, I don't think this is the direction we need to go. And he's like, well, but God told me this. Well, how do you argue with that? You don't. It's inarguable. Yeah. Because you're going to do what you think is right. So I was saying that that's a form of prophecy in his mind. He's like, well, God told me this, and you're going to do it or else. But I'm like, "Hmm, I'm not sure I believe in that. You've got to always remember there's a mighty throng of individuals. Some of them are under lock and key, but the whole millions of them, they they uh, they just have they hear voices. Yeah, they 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 hear voices. Some of them they say they're good voices. Some of them, most for the most part, no. But there there there's a you know I I think. Demons running around are still here, no doubt, and and we're going to talk a lot There's about too many this people tomorrow. that say they're hearing voices, and when they start telling you what the voices are saying, you're thinking only the power of God will. The save evil this one. forces interact with your thoughts, Whew. but then you've got your own thoughts, and then you've got. God and the Holy Spirit. So yep. there's there's options. You got options. Well, that's what we talked about last podcast. They're in the parable of the sower. He's he's zeroing in on your how you think and how you hear, how you how you yeah. listen, what's yep. going on in your head, and that's going to produce. You know, it's like you take a verse like uh, where's that Galatians five six where it says the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself. <laughs> 
in love. Yep. Because we tend to think of, of faith as just belief or something that's going on in your head. And, but it's, it is, but you can prepare your heart for what's going in your head just by simple decisions. And, but also at, at some point, it's got to be expressed. It can't just all be in your head because we, you look, that's why it produces a crop at the end. Yep. You, you look around and so there's a filtering system that I, you know, that really Jesus has zeroed in on this. And I think you'll continue to see it as that's well. Why it when you just said, use that verse, it made me think about how many, I mean, knock down, drag out, mean spirited arguments that people have over faith issues and in churches. And you think that's not, you're not expressing this in love. Like the first sign that you're on the wrong path is that there's no love here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying? That it's the it's designed that we do this lovingly. We can disagree, but I mean, good grief. I, I've seen well, some of Well, part of the reason I said that is because, you know, we're fixed to read about Jesus's mother and brothers, but the next the next story is a miracle about Jesus calming the storm, but in the middle of that, he asked an interesting question. Because usually when he talked about faith, he didn't word it quite like this, but, you know, he's sleeping, the storm is coming, the disciples panic, they wake him up, which the fact that he's sleeping is really what we'll talk about. Yeah, right. <laughs> there's, there's a lot going on here. And then he's like, he asked the question, where is your faith? Well, which is a great bumper sticker. Yep. But if you really think about what that question means, it's deeper than than what you think. Because mm-hmm. you think, what what did that mean? Where is your faith? It's kind of like you have you have every reason. I've given you every reason in the world not to panic, not to. But you're not, and it's in there. You know, and I'm here. You know, this is going to be okay mm-hmm. if if what you've been you've led me to believe by, by your faith. And he's like, "Where where is it? This is where you're supposed to whip it out." Yep. And that's why I said it's a. It got me to thinking about that about expressing yeah. your faith. Right. You can sit around and have Bible studies every day for the rest of your life, but when you go out into the world and things happen that are difficult. Well, that's where you need it. That's, that's right. where you need to express it. That's it. What, what, what happened to it? It's not something you're just talking about like That's a, why somebody rolls around, rolls into your life on accidentally on purpose. The guy that just walked out the door out here, you know, had some marriage troubles, and but he came out of it. He wanted to commit suicide and all that. But he came through here, and we reached out to him. In other words... Your faith is seen when you deal with one individual or, or a million of them. Yep. Your faith is the same, whether it's a million or whether it's one. What is your stand on this particular issue? How did, you know, where did, where did the cosmos come from? What am I doing here? Yep. Is there a way out of here? You know, we, we give them spiritual answers to their earthly questions. You know, if they don't have any faith. They're, they're, they're fixed to kill themselves. And you're trying to get them not to. You should tell them you love them. But other than that, but you see a lot of them come out. That guy that just walked out, I mean, he's, 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 his feet now are on solid ground. His faith now is known for all the ones that know him. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, and, you, and to Jesus' point, he didn't have any faith until he faced You know, repent, the repentant change of heart and lifestyle, it's pretty well going to spread pretty fast. Mm-hmm. If you didn't live like that before you ran up on Jesus, right? Well, you tell somebody that, like, well, good night. It worked with him. Maybe it'll work with me. And we talked about that same thing, Dad, in the in the parable of the sower, um, which is setting us up where we're going to go today. And one of the things I didn't mention in the last podcast is you think about the recent events of what we've been studying in the Book of Luke, and all these different kinds of soils or hearts. They've seen it happen. Like you remember yeah. when he he started in Nazareth and he went in. Remember and he 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 told him who he was because that was where he's from. Remember what happened? Nothing. They just said they just immediately rejected him out of hand. It was like who who? 
are you the, isn't this the carpenter's son? Well, I mean, so they wouldn't even give him a chance. They wouldn't even listen. Well, that was that first soil, you know, that, I mean, you don't even get a chance to do it. Then remember the story with Simon, the Pharisee, he looks at the woman. He's curious enough to have Jesus in his home, but the minute he sees someone worshiping him and giving their life, what does he do? This guy's, he's, you don't have no, to, you know, he, he had that shallow view of, of, it's just like that second set. Yeah. Also in that Romans 12, you know, you live your, in view of God's mercy, his death, his resurrection, in view of that, offer your bodies as living sacrifices. So the question comes up, Jace, what's a living sacrifice? To sacrifice it, but it's alive. So so how does how does that work? Well, I think that's what we're saying. It's it's the same concept of faith expressing itself in love. I mean, it may not be the best idea that you can do. May not be free from pain. I mean, it's kind of like. When you think about it, what if you know you got a problem? Well, the answer may be, let's say you have a physical problem. The answer may be surgery. Well, who wants to experience that? But that may be the best option, you know, for for your well being. So I, I'm like, when you start dealing with people, it doesn't mean this is going to be pain free and difficult free. And so when you start having to make sacrifices. I think that's what it's talking about. When when you approach another human being and you're trying to help them out of a pit that usually they've made by a lot of bad decisions, there a lot of sacrifices are going to have to be made that lead to healing and restoration right. by you cuz you know they'll lie to you, they'll I mean it's just difficult to help people. So recently I got my uh health numbers checked. I try to do that about once a year. I'm sure, Dad, you get your all your numbers and get your health checks. And... Nah, but they, you know, you know, I broke my back, so <laughs> unloading that boat, but they got that back going, so. You haven't really had a lot of health issues, unless except for a couple of things like yep. that, but I have a few issues. I inherited a few things from Mom, unfortunately, on her side of the uh, genetic aisle, but one of them was uh, high liver enzymes, which concerned me because that means you probably got a fatty liver. And when you have a fatty liver, it means you've got a, about a three and a half time more likely chance to have heart failure and heart issues. Affects about a third of the country. Uh, a lot of things coming at people's livers, obviously, that are bad. Uh, you got toxins, you got people that drink alcohol, you got, you know, cholesterol, a lot of things like this. So you want your uh, liver to be healthy. Uh, helps you lose weight, also helps you gain energy. And so I started taking this product uh, because they were sponsoring the podcast and my numbers were high at Liver Health Formula. And it helped me. My numbers were perfect range this last check, Dad, so you'll be glad to know that. Uh, helps my metabolism. I can start working on losing a little bit of weight. They also sent me, a, as a free gift, a blood sugar formula. It helps reduce sugar cravings, so that's going to help me as well. Here's what you do if you got some liver issues or your enzymes are high or you're not sure about it. GetLiverHelp.com slash unashamed. You get that free bonus gift of the blood sugar formula and also your, your uh, liver enzyme helper. GetLiverHelp.com slash unashamed. Check them out. I think that's why he makes that transition. And we talked about this from the sower and the soil to the concept of light and how we listen. You know, the majority of them died from, from just walking by faith. They're offering their bodies as living sacrifices. But they weren't. They reached yeah. out to others. I mean, yeah. they, they, tried to, they tried to live this out, but that they all were sacrificed. Yeah. But God they didn't knows. keep it to themselves. You know, if they'd have just kind of what we're talking about, if they would have just put a bowl over the light in their heart and in their lifestyle, nothing bad would have happened to them, but, but their life would have been meaningless. It, they would have just been a typical human being, lived their life, caught a few fish, had a few good times, and then they just die. Mm -hmm. But they had this encounter with Jesus, and they decided to 
be open-minded to it. And then they decided, you know, post-resurrection just to get out loud mm-hmm. and disruptive with it. And, yeah, they all died There's for, a, for their faith. Everyone There's, I preach the gospel to, share, share the gospel with them. I'm doing it because I want them to live forever. I, I believe they can live forever. I'm convinced of it. I tell people that. It's take it or leave it. I'm not mad at you if you don't. I love you. Just think about it. The Most of them, if you'll say just think about it, uh, looking back, there's a big bunch of people who did think about it. And some of them come back years later. Say, so, you know, you remember the time when you told me? And they go back 30 years. And I'm, I'm, I have no idea who they are. But, but they were there at some point, and, and I just shared them with that. But they come dragging up 30 years after you talk with them. Right. It's been amazing to watch. Well, I think back, Dad, to that conversation that— You know, sure of what you hope for, certain of what you can't see. I mean, that, that, that tends to stick to a man's bones. I think about that conversation that Jesus had with Pilate where he told him that, you know, the ones who listen to him, everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Because you remember, this whole thing has been about be careful how you listen. Yeah. And what was Pilate's answer? Everyone on the side of truth listened to me. He said, well, what is truth? Yeah. And and there's the tension. There's the line. Jesus has always been about light. Light has always been about truth. I, I want to read that. The reason he made that statement is because the statement made about him at the first part of John. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life. And that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness does not understand it. Yep. Which is where Pilate was. He's like, I, I don't get it. Well, I mean, truth is, in his mind, truth was relative to the political setting, to this, that, and the other. He, he couldn't just see Jesus for who he was. And then John said, there came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. I'm talking about John the Baptist. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. Yeah. So I just I love that idea. That's exactly what he's talking about to the disciples when he's talking to them about both the sower and this be careful how you listen. I mean, it really does just go all the way through his life, right up to the point where he died. He's, well, yeah, because if, if you believe 817... You know, you should pull over on the side of the road and have a talk with God because it says, for there is nothing hidden that will not be disclosed and nothing concealed that will not be known or brought out into the open. (laughs) If you believe that is factual, you need to get that right. Yeah, you better make sure you got it right. I mean, I'm just saying, if you believe God is real, these yeah, are the kind he, of thoughts you got to. By the way, Jace, and to your point, therefore, he says, after saying what what you just read, consider carefully how you listen. <laughs> yeah, we're back in the, you know, you consider. Well, that's what I'm how... saying. If you listen to God, if you're listening to God, and you hear that statement, and you start going back in your past. Things that you think you got away with, things you think nobody will ever know. Yeah, they'll never know. I did it. I pulled it off. Nobody's ever gonna know my secret. No, there's someone who knows the secret. It's the same being that created the universe and created you. Yep. And gave his son for you. So it's not like God doesn't want to forgive you. But when you're dishonest and you're acting like he's not there. He's just simply saying, oh, it's coming out. Because he doesn't function in a, in a realm of time like we do. Right. He's not going to forget about it. So, unless he looks to the cross. Right. <laughs> Which is what's crazy. You know, you remember that verse that, you know, I'll remember their sins no more. I mean, if yeah. you are honest with them and, and come to him, this is all gets into how you listen in the state of your heart. And you put your faith and trust in in the cross of Jesus and His plan and the resurrection. Well, you'll 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 confess them. 
to him. I mean, you don't have to tell me. I mean, I know it is helpful that we confess our sins each other to each other because it helps us uh, hold each other accountable and, and see how we can encourage. But the bottom line is you got to have this right with God, number one, right. first. There, there has to be this right. connection and conversation. It usually results in you being on your knees. So one of uh, my favorite sponsors is a group called Barrel Buddy. And the reason I like them, Jace, is uh, these guys are like us. They're believers, um, strong relationship with God, and uh, we share that back and forth quite a bit, kind of behind the scenes. And they're also a small business that, like us, saw a need in the field and went back and made a better product. And that's exactly what we did in the duck call business. So we have a lot in common with these guys. Uh, They came up with a system, these white polymers, uh, that they used to clean out your gun barrel mainly. But you can also, like on the pistols uh, and rifles, it can help clean out the action as well and get some of that stuff that's out of there. You want your weapon to be functioning properly, right? Mm-hmm. So you can yeah. not only for better to for what you're hunting, but also just safer. It's just part of the process. I mean, this is something you got to do. I mean, on the way down here, a whole family of young turkeys crossed the road it was like the adults and then the 12 little ones that I thought. So, yeah. so how many of the little ones it looked like it was? About 12. Boy, that, they, they, that's hard for them to get that many. Most time they get three to four. Yeah, I was shocked. Yeah. So so look at Excitement is building. Excitement is building. I'm going to go so, home and clean my gun. So you need your gun clean to be able to do that, and the best place to go to get that done is BarrelBuddy.com, B-A-R-R-E-L Buddy.com. Those turkeys are waiting. So here's here's the one of the most famous verses in the Bible. Most people have seen it. Back in the seventies and eighties, you saw it everywhere. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. Whoever believes in Him is not condemned. But whoever does not believe stands condemned already because he has not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Mm-hmm. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that his deeds will be exposed. Just what you're talking about, Jay. Mm-hmm. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be plainly seen that what he has done has been done through God. Yep. So Perfect verse. Yeah. That, that's exactly what he says. And the reason you're, God's looking at your heart, and Jesus, are, he's telling these parables, because think about it. After you read this, it because I don't know if y'all, well, Phil, you probably hadn't gone anywhere, but since I left yesterday when we filmed this podcast, I'm seeing all these crops you know, differently. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> we've been, as we've been talking I'm about. I'm like, yeah, I'm not there. You'll see a pasture with a bunch of weeds and, you know, like, yep, I don't want to be in there. You see these, this, all this beautiful it's corn. It's not producing. But, it, and so, well, yesterday when I got home, well, I was, every time I flipped a light switch on, you know, I was thinking about this, this passage. Because, and that's what Jesus does. He's taking something that's vital to our well-being. Yep. Crops, you know, because we got to eat, and light. And he's making a spiritual principle because you say, well, why, why is he doing that? Because he created the physical concepts of it and the spiritual implications of it. So it makes sense where if you created it for, you could then use it for illustration purposes because this was your idea. Yeah. It was his idea. Well, was it mine? So so most skeptics of the Bible, they they do it backwards. They say, oh, well, you Christians, y'all just looked around and then, you know, wrote a book and used all the things you saw as the driving force. And it's like, I think C.S. Lewis was the one that championed that. But he's like, no, you have it backwards. He created it first and then he used so he could use the illustrations to find your way to him. And it would always give you that testing point. Here's another verse. I mean, it's all throughout the New Testament. Ephesians 5, 8. For you were once darkness, 
but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in goodness, righteousness, truth. Find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Here's that exposure again. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. That's why it said, wake up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live. So it's that Paul makes the exact same challenge that John did. And that. And even if did. you don't believe that, if you're not a believer, how come the worst part of a lie or sinful behavior is the cover-up? Yep. yep. It's just coincidence, or did the Bible have it right? You know, God flick, he, he flips the light switch on. And what's going on in, in your inner being, where you think that nobody else knows. No, God knows. He flips that light on, you turn it off. He flips it on, you turn it off. Yeah. You know, that, that's really what's happening that's every right. day. He flips it on, you're like, oh, no, no, I'm not. You just, I don't want to think about it. Get my mind off of it. Move on. It's funny because this last week, so somebody, the Secret Service, found some a bag of cocaine in the White House. And so... Immediately, there were five different stories as to where it was found. <laughs> Every other day. It, well, first it was here, then it well, was, I was there. Then it, was, it came out. Right. I thought, how does that even... You know the reason it did, Jace, is because it got out of their little closed system because the fire department had to come in and all these other people. And so, oh, because it was a white powder. Right. So they thought it was anthrax. So what happened was it got outside the bubble... And guess what? The light was exposed. The now, you bubble. know whoever's there. They know who it belongs to. Oh, yeah, they do. But they can't tell because they feel like we can keep this darkened. But everybody just laughs because you just roll your I eyes. I honestly think that's the worst thing. You know, these, because I'm not into politics, you know, very, I'm not up to date. But as far as a marketing campaign, <laughs> I think that's pretty much the worst thing you can do. Because then you're like, it just sends you a, uh, some kind of imagery, yeah. like they're doing cocaine in the White House. <laughs> I don't need a further explanation. I got it. We got it. Because you think about all the security. I mean, if we tried to go into the White House, oh. you're not mm-hmm. making it. I've tried. I've been in it and toured it. So it's- the fact that cocaine, the got laws there. who are putting people in jail for the use of cocaine. Well, it's found by the people that yeah. members of the law. But what makes what makes it relevant to our discussion here is that it's going to be exposed anyway. That's what happens. the minute it gets out of your little trying to control everything and keep it dark, people are going to know anyway. And so then you make up all these lies about it. What difference does it make? I mean, it really is the the fruitlessness. Yeah. Of darkness. Are you shocked out to find no, out? Of course, that some I'm not. Government officials are doing. I'm like Jason. I'm shocked they were just they were you know I'm we even heard that about it. Got it. out. Yeah, yeah I, I was too. I wasn't shocked that it was happening. I mean, I know you. You, you know, there's no. Where's the moral compass here? So let's get to this text because we've uh, we've kind of referenced it, and I at least want to read it uh, in our last segment here. Because out of that, be careful how you listen. So um, Luke decides to put this little section about the family. And you're right. It's a little bit different in Mark. It comes in at a different time. Well, you read the Luke and I'll, okay. I'll want to reference the Mark. Yeah, because they're both very valid. So verse 19 says, in the midst of this description, he, he sticks it in here. Now, Jesus' mother and brothers came to see him. But they were not able to get near him because of the crowd. Because remember, the setting is there's this huge crowd there. Someone told him, your mother and brothers are standing outside wanting to see you. And I'm sure the assumption was when they said that, that it'd be like, you know, they get in, they're family. You know, they're- hey, we have all the events I do everywhere I go. There's always somebody's mom or brother yeah. or even mine are trying to get get in that's right to the event it's just this is a you know people who are not in this world you you probably think it's easy but it's right there's always a lot of chaos about people getting with a kid because they can't get to you because the crowd it's the same concept exactly and so you're kind of you have to come up with a system to to get them in 
and people get their feelings hurt. Oh, and, big uh, time. You know, I'm like, there's no room in there. I'll have a buddy. He's like, hey, I'm trying to get in. I'm out here. I don't have a ticket, you know, and I am I try to make it happen. And they're, you know, they're like, hey, there's no room in the inn. <laughs> so, <laughs> Sorry. But, so you see how this could happen. So his reply was, my mother and brothers are those who hear God's word and put it into practice. And a lot of people make a make a assumption a leap that Jesus is down on his family, but he's not. He's just telling you about the bigger concept of family and forever family. Well, I, I think the point is they were down on him. True. And, and, and that's why the Mark. Yeah, that's why I was going to bring up in Mark. So in Mark's interesting because the, this conversation happens right before the parable of the sower in Mark, which is interesting. And before that, you have the the guy from the uh, the the first ceiling fan of Jesus. <laughs> you get That's it? Good. I like that. Oh, you're welcome. You know when they opened up, used that back when we talked about. When that. they opened up, because my point I is, I call it the hole in the roof guy. He calls it the ceiling fan. I like that. No, it was his first ceiling fan because Jesus was a celebrity. When you're when you're this, the whole context of both these stories is we have a large crowd of people. He had become a celebrity. And it wasn't because he was doing magic tricks. I mean, he was doing actual miracles and, and healing. Which would make people. you a high target for people wanting to get to you. And he was saying profound things. And as a uneducated carpenter, he was educated, but not to the degree yeah. of you think he would be making these kind of claims. He didn't well, go to Pharisee school. He didn't go to Pharisee school. But I wanted to read this because I think this is uh, this is Mark 3. 20. So this is right before the Jesus's mother and brothers in Mark 3:31. Right. But Jesus entered a house and again a crowd gathered so that he and his disciples were not even able to eat. Now, what this next verse, obscure verse, when his family heard about this, they went to take charge of him, for they said he's out of his mind. Well, what? And how many verses later? 10? Yeah. Well, they arrive. So it wasn't like you, you get a little bit of a wrong impression if you're reading Luke. Th- right. They said, we got to go do something about it. Yeah. So, well, They've Jesus knew that they're like, they, you know, my family thinks I'm crazy. And look, now, his, now did they all turn it around at some point? Obviously, because his, his mom was with him every step of the way, and his brothers who didn't believe at first would eventually come around because in Acts 1, 13 and 14, when they're up, that's post-resurrection, it says they were together in prayer along with the women and his brothers. Yeah. So they had made a complete transformation. But the point is, he made a principle that's a greater principle. He's introducing a glimpse into the forever family of God. This is what the kingdom is about. You may be my mother and... My sister, you may be my wife, you know, like practically, my wife may be my wife and my sister, but it's going to happen forever. So which is the greater relationship, really? The eternal one is the one he was given a picture of. But I do think it's helpful to understand. He also knew in the moment they thought he's going crazy. We got to go line him out. Go talk to him. So he's. it was a little bit of... He was popping their hand here. Yeah. I, I do think that was a dual focus on that. I think so. And and like you said, it was mainly because they were going to try to take him out of play. I mean, they went to take control of him. That's pretty strong. Well, they were having the same trouble that you're having and we're having and our listeners are having. Is he who he, claim, who he claims to be? Well, it, there's a reason people say the hardest people to reach for Jesus, it's people who are in your family. Yeah, it, it's just harder, and uh, I've noticed it. You know, we different members of our family, you know, cousin, whatever. It's just harder to reach them because you have such a good relationship that you're like, "Hey, who are you trying to kid here?" I changed your diaper. So I mean, his mom could have said that. She's like, "I mean, I get it. You came about, and but you're just you, you've gotten off." That you create a narrative of what he's supposed to do. 
And when that's not happening, you're like, oh, wait a minute, this is not right. And, and that's Jesus's point is, I am the narrative. That, that you should just be following me with a notebook. It is what it is. What you think I should be is never going to happen. Right. That, when you start thinking like that, because their deduction, for whatever reason, and we weren't there, but they, they've concluded that he's lost his mind. This is not the plan. And they were part, even his mom, she was part of a miracle mm-hmm. that happened. You would think she would trust him in the moment, but it is just really hard. Life can be very different. And it's really it really fits the narrative, Jace, because we were talking about John the Baptist having doubts, and it's the same thing. It'd be the same with his mom. You know, circumstances can be so become so powerful and and everybody talking about something can be so because you got to put yourself in this sensationalized situation this whole country was talking about jesus remember he's up in galilee area but remember they're coming in from judea jerusalem i mean like word is out this is a buzz you know for in their context good point i'm the only there's very few things uh things i'm thankful for uh about you know enduring when when fame happens quickly and we were all a part of that it, it's like a i've used this example before because when we do q a's people always ask number one question well you know how, how has this changed you because they want to know what before and after you know what what were the changes but it it's such a like a bonfire going off when all of a sudden you become famous you know our duck show just took off and I don't know the exact point of when it happened, but the realization of it was when I just went anywhere in public, gas station, restaurant, church built, crowds started forming wherever you went. Well, it becomes something hard to navigate. Yeah. And, and people respond differently and the people around you respond differently. And what, you, what we all noticed and experienced was very few people outside of our family were being loyal. It was it, it became a situation where people are now trying to get something out of you. Even people you've known for years and betrayal happened. I mean, these are the things that that happen when you become famous. And so I think it's a unique perspective to realize that's what's happening here and even in it it's good it's going to put everybody to the test. Yep. And where we- are you at in this? And when you throw in something negative happening, which is happening here, where you've got opposition, it really gets crazy. Because then you start thinking, well, I don't maybe, maybe there is something wrong. You know, you can see where Mary's mind begins to go, well, maybe he just needs to step back for a while. You can hear all the different ways we start saying we're trying to help somebody, when really he's like, hey, I'm on track here. So we'll talk more about this in the overtime. We're out of time. Uh, if you want to follow us over, it's blazetv.com slash Unashamed, we'll talk a little bit more about this uh, family and crisis situation. Thanks for listening to the Unashamed Podcast. Help us out by rating us on iTunes. And don't miss an episode by subscribing on YouTube. And be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes. And for even more content that you won't get anywhere else, subscribe to Blaze TV at blazetv.com slash unashamed.